On today's episode of Complicated Conversations, we are joined by Lucy Vine. Lucy is a writer, editor, and the best-selling author of Hot Mess, What Fresh Hell, Are We Nearly There Yet, and Bad Choices. Her books have been translated into 16 languages around the world with Hot Mess option for a TV series. She's been nominated twice for the Comedy Women in Print Award and hosts the podcast and live event series, Hot Mess Clubhouse, Celebrating Funny Women. Her journalism has appeared in international publications, including Grazia, Stylist, Heat, Fabulous, New, Now, Marie Claire, Glamour Online, Cosmopolitan, The Daily Telegraph, The Sun, and The Mirror. She lives in Cambridgeshire. Did I say that right? Yeah, lots of people say it like that. I would say Cambridgeshire. Oh, <laughs> but you would you say need correcting. The proper I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, it's good. I, I asked for a reason. So her new novel, Seven X's is out now. Welcome to Pop Fiction Women, Lucy. Hello. Thank you so, so much for having me. I'm such a big fan. I love you guys. And this is such an oh honor. Thank you. Oh, well, thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm going to gush all about your book in a moment and why this was meant for me. But why don't you start by first at least giving our listeners the elevator pitch for Seven X's? Oh, sure. I will try. I'm really bad at this. <laughs> They're the worst. Um, They're I know. the worst. It's, it's so hard. difficult. I mean, the reason we become novelists is because we're not very good at being succinct, like having <laughs> to come up with a few words. What? Um, okay. So yeah. Esther, our hero, she's just back from this terrible date. She's turning 30. She's single. She's a bit annoyed about it. And she comes home and she complains to her best friends and flatmates, Bibi and Louise, about this terrible date. So they decide to go get drunk at their local pub where they find this old magazine. And in the magazine, there's a feature that says there are seven types of relationships that everybody has. And in amongst those seven is the one. Um, and reading it, Esther realizes that she's had all these seven different types of relationships. So in a slightly drunken haze, decides that um, her lost love must be amongst these seven. Um, and the, the three of them decide to embark on the seven X's mission uh, to retrace her romantic footsteps and see if her lost love is in amongst the reject pile. <laughs> I love um, that. I yeah, love thanks. It. So hopefully it's funny. Um, there's little like sort of mini love stories within the whole thing. So you get kind of the mini seven relationships in tiny extracts. So, and, and it's a book about friendship as well. I hope that that came mm -hmm. across. We're gonna uh, absolutely. It, We're going to talk yeah, about it's, that. It's my first big attempt at trying to be a little bit romantic because I always think of myself <laughs> as, I write rom-coms, but I've always been much more com-com than rom-com. Yes. Com-com. Yes. <laughs> it starts to lose all meaning, mm -hmm. does it? Com-com. Um, but I tried <laughs> to be a little bit more rom with my com this time. So I don't know if that yes. worked. <laughs> It did work. And yeah. I'm also, yeah, I want to talk about that because I actually think it's hard to master the calm part of the rom-com. You seem oh, to have that I'm much down. worse at the rom uh, bit. <laughs> the rom bit. Yeah, no, but you you got it this oh, time. thank you. Thank um, you. So I, I want to start with the, usually we start with the female protagonist, but I'm, which I'm going to get to, of course. But I want to start with sort of the idea or inspiration for this book because I read an article in which you said, my new book is called Seven X's, but it might as well be called The Subject That Has Haunted Me for 20 Years. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, I already thought we were kindred spirits. But then when I read that, I said, oh, forget it. Like, 
So Corinne was very bummed that she couldn't make this interview, but she joked that it worked out well because she's like, uh, this book was made for you. You just go ahead and have your moment. Oh, no. Because I, yes, no. So the one that got away, right. specifically the one that got away, is a theme that we discuss a lot on this podcast. I'm super obsessed with. Uh, Corinne is the one who will never, never Google an ex, never what the past is the past. Leave well, it she's there. got so I'm, much self-restraint. How did that happen? I know. How did that, she just how did feels she acquire that? <laughs> I'll tell you, her answer is it's over. It's just, it's over. Wow. Which makes sense. But I am clearly the opposite. Um, so we've had endless debates on just this whole concept. Um, so when I saw your book, I actually saw it first in a post by Sophie Cousins. We interviewed her. I love she Sophie. She was at your book launch. I she know. Was, we yeah. loved her too. Yeah. And I read the description. I'm like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. Like, <laughs> I have to read this book. And then this is the weird part. I actually wrote a novel. It's in a drawer. Don't worry. But I, at the time I wrote it, I had two ideas. The one I wrote and the other one was about a woman who went back to meet up with all her exes. There and you go. And it was going to be, there you go. And it there was you going go. to be, Yes, a journey of what happened between each of them, but really what happened for herself and where sure. has she got? Of course, you know this. You and wrote how it. Many, <laughs> how many exes was she going to go visit? How, much, how uh, many exes was she going to self-torture? You know, <laughs> exactly. And it's funny. I said to Corinne, I'm like, well, I never got very far with it. So, But it wouldn't have been seven. I'll tell you, seven? That's, that's hard. That's brutal. It is. It? I, I feel like that. you were more in, in, industrious here. Like I didn't get very far, but I probably would have been around maybe three, probably because I don't okay. have seven X's. So to the extent your first novel is autobiographical, like I don't think I ever would have gone for seven, but, but clearly this yeah. is a thing. And then just as another as proof that you are onto something with this concept I have like a book club. It's not really a book club. We actually were talking about a TV show, but it was with a group of women. And the, one of the themes of it was the one that got away. And everyone was talking about seeing what it's like to visit exes and looking them up, all the things your book explores. And someone said, there needs to be like a reality TV show where like a woman gets on a bus or whatever and goes across the country meeting <laughs> up with her exes. So this is a thing you, you've, you could write that. So why don't you oh pitch that in as, I'm a, on it. as an adaptation of your book? It. It's happening. People want <laughs> They want it's it. It's going to Okay. <laughs> so clearly yeah. I'm obsessed. Clearly other people sure. are obsessed. So what? I've had what, so many tell messages. Tell us about your obsession. Yeah. yeah so many me messages it. from other women because it came out in the UK. Seven X came out a couple of weeks ago right. now. So I've already had so many messages from people. Most people are saying I would never do this. <laughs> And I agree. I would really? also never do this. Um, this okay. seven X mission. Oh my god, Kate! Are we going on your seven X's mission? Can we do this together? <laughs> I, can, can we take a film crew? Because apparently, I've got to pitch it to Netflix or something with you. Here. I think that this yeah, is going to happen. We should. Yeah. Is it um, a good reality TV show? But it anyway. would be amazing, and I would watch the hell out of it. Let's make it happen. <laughs> Come on, Netflix. Are you listening? Tune in. Come on now. Um, what was your question? <laughs> The question is, why are you, what, where does your obsession stem from? I mean, right. Yes. So yeah, I mean, exes, I I don't, I don't know anyone who isn't a little bit obsessed with exes. I mean, I think everybody's at least got a first love, even if it was totally unrequited and, you know, Mm -hmm. schoolgirl crush on someone on the telly when you were 14 or whatever. Everybody's Mm -hmm. got that. So there's that element of relatability. And I have always 
been a horrible monster with exes. Um, I mean, I got married last year, so I put a, a, a cap on it there. <laughs> yes. But in case David's listening. Um, but yes. until I met David, my husband, I would just go round and round in circles. Just yeah. after a few months, I would kind of go, oh, maybe it wasn't that bad. Maybe it would be better this time. Maybe mm-hmm. we've both grown up a little bit, but we never have. It's always a disaster. So I was single for sort of seven years and loved being single. It was great. It was a choice. And I hate this thing of like women are in limbo when they're single. It's oh, horrible. Yeah. We're going to talk about that yeah, too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 100%. And yet I did, you know, you get a bit, I don't know, lonely, horny. Am I allowed to say the word horny on the Yes, <laughs> of course. Please you, do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> horny. Um, and you kind of think, start to kind of think about that last person that made you feel good mm. and, and made you feel wanted. And it is mm. a terrible trap. And I wouldn't have ever been as brave or as stupid, I would say, or as selfish as Esther is and actually go mm. back, especially those that she hurt um, and mm-hmm. that yeah. I've hurt in the past. I wouldn't contact them or I wouldn't go around in circles with them. It was only ever the idiots that I knew were wrong for me and had treated me badly. It was all about self-flagellation right. when I was doing this yes. terrible journey. Um, but I am glad to say I am past all that. I'm a better That's human good. being who doesn't <laughs> talk to myself <laughs> in that way anymore. <laughs> yes. But I'm looking forward to our journey down your ex's road. Yes, let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> Um, but I, I love that you said that too, about it being relatable, because I should be clear that even if you don't have this obsession, that this book is absolutely still going to be relatable for the oh, reasons thank you, you said, so like much. everybody has a first love, mm. has some, even as you noted, like a crush that you felt you missed a chance. I think mm. the missed chance one mm. of the seven archetypes is one that really everyone has. I'm someone you thought about, even if you only met them for five minutes. Yeah. So I do want everyone listening to know you don't have to share this obsession uh, <laughs> to find this relatable. That is for sure. I just happen Thank to you. be a special candidate for the book. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Thank you so, so much. I, let's talk about Esther. Uh, yeah, oh, another I'm bracing. Thing I, I'm bracing because everybody no, seems to no, hate no, that. no, no, <laughs> no, no. Listen, so you, but it, you acknowledge this. I will yeah. read something you said that Esther is a difficult heroine in many ways. She has dysfunctional ideas about where she should be in life and doesn't make many good choices. But I hope you can see that she has a good heart, adores her friends, and is at least horribly relatable. So on this podcast, we do not, we focus on complicated women. So we do not speak in terms of likable or unlikable. We don't even know what that means, honestly. What's likable (laughs) to you is not going to be likable to me. It's not really the relevant question for us. It's, you know, we are examining women as three-dimensional human beings with contradictions and conflicts that make lots of wrong choices, but you still relate to them. So this description you give of Esther is right up our alley. Oh, so thank you so about, much. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> so tell us about your development of her, sort of how she came to you, any struggles you had in writing Esther. That's such an interesting question because I think she's been my hardest heroine to write mm. because she does make these uh, 
as I said before, when I was single, I loved it. I felt very angry with society telling me I should be settling down and that mm -hmm. my life's goal should be some kind of fairy tale prince getting married nonsense. I hated that. Felt very angry. And I'm mm -hmm. still quite angry that I got married. I'm really mm -hmm. annoyed <laughs> with myself. I've let myself down. Um, That's great. Yeah, but I... So, but I, I do have so many conversations with friends and, you know, strangers at parties with women who still, oh God, it's just such a difficult feminist conversation, isn't it? Because it's mm -hmm. fine to want to get married and to meet somebody and be in love and love shouldn't be this difficult <laughs> thing that I have made it into in my head. Right, um, right. But I, because society still tells us all the time that that should be our end goal and that's our only happily ever after, I feel very resentful of the fact that I wrote this character and I feel very conflicted yeah. about her because she does, right from the off, right in the first chapters, she's giving speeches about how much she wants to meet somebody and how, you know, her womb is twinging at the sight of babies right. and... And how she feels like everyone else is settled down and married and it's all she wants. Um, and I do think that I can kind of divide my friends up in my 20s with women who were just like, right, it's time to get married. I will marry the next guy that comes along. And those who were like, I'm going to get married if and when I meet somebody who actually I would want to spend my life with. Um, right. And so I feel like Esther, there's a little bit of she's somebody who's just like i'm ready where is a guy which is a bit depressing mm -hmm. <laughs> so yeah. writing yeah. her was quite difficult for me because it felt like i was betraying my own <laughs> ideals in some way mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. i that and that's why i really wanted to have bb there front and center who is her yes. best friend one of her best friends with mm -hmm. louise who is that other that flip side of the coin is single mm -hmm. by choice and does keep reminding esther that this isn't um find somebody at all costs like doesn't matter who it is kind of nonsense that Esther has um but yeah it was really interesting and I hope that Esther the journey was clear for her that she did get to a point in the end where she did understand that actually being happy within yourself making the right choices not just kind of <laughs> going through her her the dredges of her past um to find anyone it wasn't the right, right choice for her. Um, and mm -hmm. I'm babbling. I'm really sorry. Did any of that make sense? No, no, it absolutely <laughs> made sense. And that's what I was going to say about yeah. Esther. You know, one of the things that I love about these, these types of stories is the sort of journey of self-exploration that, that the, the ones that are done best in my view in rom-com movies or books are when the journey is really about the woman finding herself, right? And, yeah. and what matters to her and her growth. And without giving anything away, I mean, by the end, Esther gets more than just closure with exes. She has a new understanding about love and partnership and the role it can or should play in your life. And, you know, I always joke that that movie, Jerry Maguire, really screwed us all. I mean, the <laughs> you complete me line. No, oh, no. no. I don't, you don't have to be oh. in as much therapy as I've been to know that is not <laughs> a good line. Okay? No, 100%. Be, right? It's <laughs> it's supposed to be additive to your life and enhance your life, a romantic relationship. So, you know, and a choice. And so, you know, I... It, it sounds like from what you're saying that that's one of the notions you did want to challenge through Esther and this this story and BB. 
Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, I think I have quite complicated feelings because, as I said, it came out a couple of weeks ago and it has been like I've had so many lovely messages and overwhelmingly positive mm-hmm. things. But again and again, I've been hearing about how selfish Esther is. And I and I have to keep reminding myself that I wrote her that way. I wanted her yeah. to be selfish yes. and to be a difficult mm-hmm often unlikable character because I really don't like this idea of our characters having to be likable. Um, Yeah. Especially the the female characters, I should say. Sorry, we're allowed, men are allowed to be as unlikable as they are. Yeah, Um, they're allowed to be anything apparently. Yeah, exactly. But I, but I am still, I guess, um, influenced enough by society for the last like week or so for my brain to keep being sort of instead of defending Esther and be like, she goes on the journey, you know, I've kind of mm-hmm. become a bit complicit. I'm like, yeah, I don't like her either. I, I agree with you. Oh, yeah, all, no. Which is so <laughs> stupid and, and yeah. ridiculous. Um, and I do you like know, these people. <laughs> yes. But these people who are saying this, I mean, they've never yeah. been selfish. They've never made choices that they thought were beneficial yeah. to themselves, despite the fact that maybe, you know, yeah. it hurt other people. Or also she just becomes, which I also think is very relatable, she becomes obsessed with the mission, which lots of people yeah. do. You take on something and you're like, mm-hmm. I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. And you can see how it sort of snowballs. Like her friends are, maybe you should stop now. Or maybe <laughs> after, are you really going to go back to see that one? Because yeah. the bastard, for example, or the, right. you know, the, the ones that clearly by their... By, by their title, we're not a happy <laughs> memory. Exactly. But, you know, but yeah, once you get started, I don't know. I've, I'm, we're going to talk about astrology, but <laughs> I'm a fixed sign. I'm a, I'm a Leo and I, I don't know what Esther is or if you wrote her as anything, but to me, that's very relatable because when we start something, we are, right. we are going to finish it. It may not be a good idea, but we started it. We're going to do it. So that I sensed in her, like, yeah, is she I'm selfish? trying to remember. I, I think she's just on a mission. I definitely gave her a birth date, um, but I can't remember because I actually wrote this two years ago, and it's bananas yes. having to talk about it now. People, especially as right. I say, getting loads of lovely, lovely messages. Um, even though they do think she's selfish, they are liking the book from what I've seen. Yeah, but it's so weird people kind of send you quotes and send you sort of say oh that bit there and they're like winky face I'm like I have no idea what you're talking about I can't remember this bit that you're talking about (laughs) that happens on here a lot yeah no we'll read a passage to an author and they'll go I haven't I mean I wrote that but I haven't (laughs) heard that or yeah remembered that or and then they'll go well that sounded pretty good <laughs> that's it because you hate it so much by the time you've finished yeah. it and then if it's quoted back to you i'm I, oh wow that's quite good actually oh, that sounds good <laughs> that's nice <laughs> um so i want to talk about nostalgia yeah um, because this is of course a trip down memory lane for esther that's sort of the nature of the quest through her exes and i consider myself a very nostalgic person. But what I've learned in life, but also in reading your book is that nostalgia can be a little tricky, but Mm. it can fool you. Because once you remove the rose colored glasses of nostalgia and the truth, if you will, or the real picture comes out, you know, it's obviously oftentimes different than you remember. And I thought one of the best examples of that was when she meets up with her first love and they're having sort of a conversation as one might, if you're actually meeting up with an ex about what went wrong and 
how, how, what the breakup meant for one of them versus the other. And you, there's this light bulb you can kind of see going on over Esther's head, like, oh, oh, I did do that. Oh, oh, yeah. And there's just ways that we convince ourselves about things in a past relationship. And you tell yourself this story for a long time. And then if you do have one of these run-ins and you, these assumptions you've had are challenged, it's just like this moment of realization. I've had this happen personally. Um, so it's very relatable. Like, huh, oh, you, you thought that happened? Like yeah. I've remembered it this whole other way. So what were you looking to explore with nostalgia and memory and sort of these stories we tell ourselves? I love an unreliable narrator. And I think yeah, that we are yeah. all horribly unreliable <laughs> narrators of our own yes. lives. So Completely. I, <laughs> yeah, but I am also, I am also very obsessed with nostalgia. Um, and I mean, we've talked about, you know, the ex obsession and nostalgia is all kind of tied into that. And I, th- I think, especially with something like first love, those feelings you have are just so intense and all that. I think the first time your hormones all rush like that, I don't think it ever quite happens again in the same way. It's probably like, uh, probably like taking drugs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you have that yeah. enormous <laughs> rush. I mean, obviously I have no idea. I would have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the next time you do it, it's not quite as good, is it? Like it's just, you know, yeah. and then it's not worth doing. Um, <laughs> I mean, if I'd ever done it, you know. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. It's um. Yeah. I think so. I I love the idea of looking at how you felt in those moments and how actually in hindsight that changes and revisiting is never quite the picture that you've painted for yourself. And I think it's good to be reminded of that sometimes in our own lives and also yeah. in our heroines' lives. <laughs> yeah. And I guess again, if people, if there are people who don't necessarily. Uh, relate to this from like an ex perspective this can happen even with friends or family it's anything like you're saying Mm -hmm. where you have a narrative you've told yourself about something that happened in a relationship even if it is a platonic one or anything and then you you hear the other person's point of view and you're like huh yeah you saw it that way like yeah so that's one of the things I love about just this concept of going back it's just what are you learning about yourself? What are these moments that you thought were good that were really not yeah. so good? And did, I, that's what this plays with so well. Kate, did you have a um, like playground boyfriend where you didn't talk to each other and just sort of looked at each other? I don't know how US schools may differ. <laughs> yes, yes. The playground, but it's almost now, I don't remember the playground ones as much as I do. I'm now maybe because I have middle school, early high oh, right. school children. Yeah. I'm now through them remembering more of that stage, which is a little bit past the standing on the playground, but not much. You know, maybe you went to the movies. Right. Maybe <laughs> you so you're actually kind of talking to each other, maybe wow. a little. That's so brave. But I also found my um I know I found my middle school journals. Dear oh, wow. God, talk oh, about God. nostalgia. Oh, you That's amazing. I, I, that, Can we read that, some here and now? Come on, uh, get them out. Literally, <laughs> I, it's right over there. And there is one about love. And wow. I'm not kidding. This is, I'm like in eighth grade and I'm writing about love and what I'm looking for. What is even true love? And I said oh. that I thought it would be someone that I would f- want to kiss and fight with at the same time. Oh, God. Ooh. 
the dysfunction okay. that we had as kids. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I'm like, what? Oh, where, but also, it's like, where did this come from? Where, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. That's I read a amazing. lot of books as a kid. That's probably yeah. where it came oh, from. Oh, same. Me, yeah. But, yeah, yeah, I didn't actually talk so. to anybody as a teenager. I just read books. So all my yeah. knowledge of relationships were, <laughs> from books. were, were like that. Yeah. Um, but you mentioned early on about the female friendship. And that is definitely something that I want to talk about because it's, it's also a, a growth area for Esther in this because she learns that her female friends are really the mirror she needs to see herself and what a wonderful and funny and loved person she is. And we talk a lot about female friendship on here and, and how it should be treated with the same importance and care as romantic relationships. 100%. I love BB and Lou yeah. and Alex. So what, why is this something that you wanted to write about generally? I, I've realized that I can't write books without some kind of strong mm. female group. I actually, I, so I'm, I'm just doing edits on the one after this, <laughs> which is very confusing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I, I tried to do something a bit different with the friendship group and my editor was like, just do <laughs> you, you write female friendship. That's uh, what mm-hmm. you do. And, and I can't, I actually didn't set out to have such an integral friendship uh, storyline in this book mm-hmm. I just can't help it it's I, I think friendship yeah. is just more important than romantic relationships yeah that's a very strong statement but I stand by it and no I, I I've my friends are just so important to me and have been there through so much stupid stuff and you forgive each other and you love each other in such an in, in, intense way and I just I really wanted to get that in there how how much these two friends or these three friends all together mean to each other and how important they are to the lives and and keep and as you say holding the mirror up and giving each other yeah. perspective and reminding each other what's important so i i i literally cannot not put a female friendship yeah. storyline in my books i've realized <laughs> yeah i love it don't it's yeah. like you can't be late as you said yeah, when we exactly. got on here you were yeah. always early just accept I know. it <laughs> I know, I just have to accept, accept it. it. Yeah, yeah. So I loved them. Yeah, I just thought, yeah. they, you know, we often talk about being seen on here mm-hmm. as well, and and usually in the context of romantic relationships. But but it is our friends, yeah, who also yeah. can hold these mirrors up and see yeah. you. And I was saying to somebody the other day because um, I did an event with uh, another author, and she does more rom rom, and I'm more com com. And I realized <laughs> reading her book that she does flirty banter so beautifully and it's so cool and sexy and easy and I realized in reading that that my flirty sexy banter is all between friends I can't (laughs) as soon as it becomes uh, a romantic thing I I am incredibly awkward I don't know how to get these this these two characters to talk to each other I find it so Mm -hmm. much harder but the moment it's a couple of women having fun conversation it's so easy it flows so naturally for me they can flirt they can banter to each other right right 100 like, it's easier in real life yeah, the, there's 100%. sort of a, a I'm built-in intimacy yeah, yeah. No, I'm such mm-hmm. an awkward person when I'm trying to flirt but put me in a room with women and I fly <laughs> yeah I love that I that's yeah. so true um 
I, this is sort of a big question, maybe. I don't know. I, I feel like I have to ask it because we're talking about a book where she's on a mission to see if the one is in the reject pile. Right. Um, do you believe in the one, like capital T, capital O, or true love, capital T, capital O? Look at your shape. The, the audience no, or listeners cannot not see listening. you shaking your head no. <laughs> I don't want to interrupt you. Lucy but- is shaking her head no. Yes. You don't. don't. You don't. I don't know. Um, Okay. I don't know. I'm quite a cynical, unromantic person. Um, (laughs) A rom-com writer. Yeah, I know. Isn't that terrible? (laughs) What am I doing? Um, I I mean, I I do believe in romance and and Mm I am 100% about the man I have married. I know that we Mm -hmm. work. But I did also, I fancy the pants off him, but I did also make a very sensible choice. I know who I am. I know what makes me happy. And I was so happy on my own that it did, as we were talking about earlier, it needed to add to my life if I was ever going to be with somebody fully and forever. Um, And yeah, I know that that's awful. And I can imagine romance in the one. (laughs) Yeah, it's not but romance awful. Is it's different for me. It's it's him mm-hmm. thinking about what's going to make me happy. It's not bringing flowers or or you know big dramatic arguments or whatever. It's oh, yeah. about the small thoughtful things you know that we do for each other that make things good. And he's actually quite romantic, and I'm always just a bit like, oh, sorry, you've done something really nice. I never do anything nice for you. <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> But, I'm a horrible but, you know, wife. You write, well, <laughs> no, you're not. No. And I feel do like you your life is sort of – I do. I do. But do I, I have this debate. We have this – we have a lot of debates, Corinne and I. These are all offline, yeah. sometimes online, uh-huh. um, about this. But the debate for us is she believes in more than one, the one, and that she will not demote, as she says, like a past love. I mean, not every ex, of course, is worthy of that. But if she sure. – was in love with them, then she's not going to say that one is the one and the rest are just a one. Like she doesn't like the the demotion. They all sort of meant to have a equal. Yeah. Yes. But I agree mm. with that too, that yeah. every relationship means something. You learn something from everyone, any meaningful one. Again, we're not talking about the yeah. the, the the work jerk or whatever. The, right. The, sure. You know, the, var- the various. Yeah. But um, – <laughs> So, but I do feel like, yeah, there, there is sort of one that you feel maybe the most you with and that sees Aww. you the most and that you can be yourself with in a way that you can't. do you not that think that that's possible to have with more than this one person that's out there? Well, well, uh, here's what I always fall back on with her. Right. Like, I, that hasn't been my experience conceptually or intellectually yes of course i think that it could be but it just hasn't really been my experience so i don't know it's because i feel like that puts a lot of pressure on that one person and that one relationship to be perfect and to be everything to you whereas actually i get so in the same way that my friends all perform oh, different yes. roles for me. If I want to be really silly, I will go to this person. If I need a really yes. serious emotional heart to heart, it's this person. You know, so for me, oh, I feel like one a relationship is that. Right. Yeah. Oh, so maybe yes. that's All what my thoughts, maybe that's what I associate with that term, the one that, that this person has to be it. everything to you. Oh, and and no. you can never argue, you can never. So I don't, oh, gosh, I do no. believe in that but just yeah, in a so different with a different my, definition 
Yeah, I was just going to say, this is also something that always happens with us. We realize yeah. after like hours of emails about something that we were kind of defined, it's always a definitional <laughs> issue. I'm like, oh, yeah. well, if you define it that way, I don't agree <laughs> with that. Because of course, I don't think one person can give you right. all the things um, sure. you need, really, yeah. as you said, relationships right. with friends, family, everything to, to fill your whole life. But right. yeah, so it's often comes down to how are we defining? Yeah, that's um, true. So, I mean, would you, would yeah. you? use the term soulmate as well because that's sort of the same thing to me as the one I know I was gonna say yeah it's similar it is similar I just for some reason that one Mm. I know it's just maybe it has this connotation in society that seems a little too much but it's probably really the same thing yeah yeah oh interesting Um, so but you you are really kind of living a rom-com I feel like because (laughs) Right? I mean, you got married recently, as you said. Did, yeah. And you got married in Vegas, which yeah. is your rom part to me. Very romantic. <laughs> but then I also heard that you had this really fun, silly party when you got back. So you got your calm of the comedy. So tell, tell our listeners about this. Yeah. Oh, my God. It was so much fun. Um, so as I said, I'm not a terribly romantic person, but I'm also not an organized person. Um, okay. I've been to so many weddings over the years and I love them, but I just, I couldn't ever imagine being the center of one. Um, mm-hmm. and uh, Dave and I were kind of on the same page very much. And I think actually within a week of meeting each other, we had a conversation where I was like, I don't want kids and I don't want to get married. And he was like, that's fine. All good. Mm-hmm. Um, and. <laughs> But then kind of drunkenly over the next few months, we started talking about it. And I realized it wasn't that I didn't want to get married. It was more that I didn't want a wedding or a traditional wedding. wedding. I didn't want what I think of as a wedding. And neither did he. We're both introverts. Mm -hmm. I know I seem very loud and annoying, but I am actually very introverted. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I mean, after this conversation, I will go lie in a dark room for two days. (laughs) Okay. You got to recharge. The introverts need to recharge. Yeah. But, um, so we kind of ended up in this place where we were, we, we talked about going to Vegas and just getting just literally the two of us. We ended up taking my best friend, Sarah and her husband, just the two, our two best friends. Um, she's a photographer. So I was able to say to my family, Oh, she's just coming because she's a photographer. It's fine. I'm so sorry because I've actually got a huge family. I'm the youngest of five and I've got like 12 nieces and nephews and lots and lots of extended family um and I just couldn't deal with all of them and they're all quite dramatic and they're all extroverts (laughs) so I know I know that they were disappointed which is why we said well when we get back we'll have a silly silly little party in our local village hall here um but we but I did put my foot down and say but I'm not having any of those wedding traditions they just they just freak Mm -hmm. me out it's too real and also there is kind of I mean no judgment for people who do it because I think I love I've loved every single wedding I've been to but I just like oh the speeches about the woman and like being given away and yeah and I just nope yeah and also the whole thing of like taking his name and stuff and and even though I very very loudly said I wasn't to everyone who was listening I still got so many cards that, that addressed me by his name and yeah. Anyway, so we had a party and I made everybody wear wedding dresses because I didn't want to be the only <laughs> one in this. a wedding dress. And we had an adult ball pit and we had cardboard cutouts of us and Elvis because we got married by Elvis, of course. Of um, course. <laughs> 
and obviously. we had like obviously <laughs> obviously but um we had table tennis and a fish and chip van and it was just so silly and so fun and it's so yeah, great my mum had surprised the women in wedding dresses oh, in so a good. ball pit in yeah. a ball pit you're saying like yeah. like those things at a kid's birthday party you're talking yeah, about yeah a hundred percent oh yeah. that's so great yeah it was so much fun I I just really wanted a ball pit I know it's absurd and it was really absurd trying to get in in a wedding yeah. dress but it was great <laughs> I loved it yeah and my mum did that's kind so of great. surprise me with a cake and kept kind of being like you need to officially cut the cake you need to gather everybody and do the um. cut official and I was like no I was drunk enough to be like no mother go away <laughs> No, I will not very, very subscribe kind of you to these to, traditional uh, exactly, things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also like oh. things like first dance. She kept coming over and saying, are you going to do a first dance? And I was like, um, have, have you seen me and my partner together? He is six foot seven. I am barely five oh. foot two. It was, oh we gosh. are so absurd together. So the idea of doing a first dance in front of everybody as well, I just, just terrifying. <laughs> and I didn't. Yeah. We didn't I do just, any of it. I love this. Yeah. I love it. You it held was your great ground. Fun. I did. And That's I feel amazing. very selfish about it. But six months on, I don't regret it no. at all. No. And I think my mother has forgiven me. <laughs> and I think everyone there probably had more fun than they've had at any wedding ever. Oh, so I well, think absolutely. Thank you. Um, <laughs> So I mentioned astrology earlier, and as yes. we come towards the end here, I, yes. I always we always ask about this. I've been waiting. Um, and for you this, have yeah. a well, you have a little mention too. We also love when a book has a mention of it. You there was something about how um, horoscopes and how people read or hear what they want in them uh, in your book, and I was like, "Ooh, does this mean she's anti horoscopes?" <laughs> but Reading your horoscope is a little different in my view than yeah, um, 100%. being interested in astrology, whatever someone writes in one of those magazines or a newspaper. But um, so I know your sign, Virgo. Do you? Correct? Oh, wow. Right. I yes. do. I do snooping on Instagram <laughs> um, and sometimes I get lucky. So do you relate to being a Virgo? So this is a very interesting thing. Well, interesting mm-hmm. to me because I have never... Oh, I've talked about being cynical, haven't I? So you probably won't be so shocked. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you're going to say this is a Virgo thing. <laughs> I, I think, honestly, it's not, I don't think it is. There's one sign that we do know is very skeptical and of astrology in particular. Which so one? whenever there's a Taurus on, oh, we're like, okay. you guys don't believe in this. I don't oh, think that's right. necessarily true of Virgo. So you're very okay. intellectual well, so- and practical. So that could be why. I will tell you what my problem is with it mm-hmm. i have a twin sister and we're, we're <gasps> non-identical um okay but we literally would have the same kind of birth chart thing because we're four I minutes know. apart and we could not be more different like we make opposite choices and obviously nature nurture surroundings there's a lot of different catalysts yeah, but- for things but we are mm-hmm. so so different that I, every time I've heard something or read something, I've been like, but I know Becky would be the opposite. <gasps> so even if this applies to me, yeah. it wouldn't mm-hmm. apply to Becky. So that's been my problem. Yeah. But I will say my next book that I, I mentioned I'm doing edits on the moment, it's no. called, and I haven't told anybody this, so this is an exclusive, it's called Date with Destiny. And <gasps> it is actually about, um, so she... So our heroine, I'll tell you a little bit about it. Yes, uh, and I, this is the first time I'm telling anybody. Um, so oh, this is exciting. That. But um, our heroine, when she's 16, gets given these 
psychic predictions by this fortune teller at this fun fair. And they give her six predictions that are set to come true when she's 32. And she's kind mm-hmm. of never really believed them. She's always been quite cynical. And then she turns 32 and the first of them comes true. And she's like, oh, shit. <laughs> maybe this is right real and then they Mm -hmm. all start coming more and more coming true and the difficulty is that one of the predictions was that she would meet her soulmate that year but she's about to get married oh this is so good so basically while i was writing this i had to go do loads of research because i've never been into it and i've never kind of trusted Mm -hmm. it i didn't really know anything about this stuff so i have actually Mm -hmm. done some more looking into it all and i am really interested in it (laughs) i'm just still you're you're what we call curious is what i would say i am very curious which is very difficult to say actually (laughs) it is it is (laughs) Because that's what I was going to say. Even for people who maybe aren't into astrology, we yeah. these are all just ways in which we try to understand ourselves better. Although I, I've always been obsessed with the idea too of twins. And what does it mean? Now you right. really have proven my theory that this is – because really <laughs> nothing would be different except the time of birth could affect your rising sign. But you're only four minutes apart. Yeah. So it's really probably not going to make that much of a difference. But, but yeah, any of these things where – you can try and understand yourself better. And one of sure. them though, for me too, is in addition to like tarot cards, whatever it is, I, I have visited a psychic quite a few times and I find that also so fascinating. So when, when yeah. I heard that that's what your next book was about, right. I was like, oh my God, I love this date yeah. with destiny. Well, I will send it to you as soon as it's done. It might be, yes. a, it might be a word document. <laughs> So what's like yeah. one thing you kind of learned from that or changed your view on having like kind of researched or written this Oh, that's, on the woo-woo side? Yeah, that's that's difficult. I did go and see a psychic. You uh, did? I get, again, it's This is very Virgo. It is. Like, it is. Yes. Okay. It well, is. I mean, I just feel like there's explanations and I hate myself and I am a I people know. pleaser. So so during the, the psychic <laughs> session, I was like, yeah, that's yes. true. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that's so great. Whereas I'm like, that doesn't resonate. You have that wrong. Go go back and talk to the guides. Yeah. So sure, but surely that makes you easier to read because you are more open to these things. And I worry that I'm putting out signs that I'm not, that I'm too shut off. So therefore I can't be open to it and stuff like that. Um, but I'm, I I don't know if this is even in the, in the woo woo category, but I'm going to have some hypnotherapy. Uh, just and, and she I does regression and, and like past life stuff, which That's I'm really interested do. in. Yes, I'm okay. I'm so interested in that. Oh, okay. I so come to the UK that. and we'll go to this regressionist together. We'll explore all your exes. We're going to do it all in yes. one big hidden camera show thing. <laughs> Wait, you're right. This could be part of the show. Because yes. you will literally go see your axes, but then you will go with the help of a hypnotherapist Find your into exes. your actual oh. past. Find your exes from previous from past lives. generations. Yes. Oh my God. We are bringing it all together. Because <laughs> seriously, is next on my list. Past oh life regression analysis. That yeah. is so what I want to do So that's stuff I am very interested in. I mean, okay. I don't know if I necessarily so- believe it, but I am very interested. I think it would be very entertaining. <laughs> yeah, or just interesting. Although yeah. I, I'm a little scared of it too, though. I have to tell you. Do you like, think you're gonna you discover you were evil, or they just, 
<laughs> no, or yeah. like I've heard that people go, you know, bad things, traumas happen oh, to them in past life, which yeah. then I don't need to relive that shit. If I don't remember it, maybe it's best. Happily. That yeah. could be something that's best in the past. But, yeah. Um, Interesting though. Anyway. Okay. Well, we found a lot of things that we love and are obsessed with here, but <laughs> I do always end with what are you loving in terms of books or movies or TV shows or anything? So I just read Yellowface. Have you read it yet? Oh, did you? No, but everybody oh has. God. I know literally. it's boring because everybody's read it. But no, it's that's so okay. good. It's so okay. good. Okay. And I realized that I just, I mean, gosh, there's so many layers and levels to it. But I also realized that I just love a delusional villain to be our hero. So oh. actually my unlikable okay. heroine is fine compared <laughs> with this unlikable heroine. Right. That is okay. an amazing, amazing book. And it's also quite a difficult read if you work in publishing, because obviously oh, I, yeah, that's, yeah. I mean, I'm an author, so it was a tough read, but it's so good. Mm. And I highly recommend it. I mean, I don't need to recommend it to her because everybody's reading it. No, but you, yeah, but that's okay. That's <laughs> yeah. all right. And I know you're already a fan, but I also recently read Vari McFarlane's Between Us, which was so, oh, so funny. She's just She's so, so good. good. Also she? good at the calm of the Oh calm. my God. And that's yeah. what it is. I definitely yeah. need quite a lot of calm in my rom-com. Um, and she's just yeah. brilliant. Um, TV. I am a huge TV person actually. Um, but I do a very okay. boring, annoying thing where I rewatch a series just over and over again. It's like a comfort <laughs> blanket thing. I'm safe in the night. I know exactly what's happening. I don't need to be concentrating the whole time. Um, but it's just so enjoyable. And I just finished uh watching re-watching the good place and i'm doing crazy oh. ex-girlfriend next and i've watched them so many oh. times over and over i just love them <laughs> you like the comedies yeah the comedy shows i also yeah. though the newer thing i just finished watching was the ultimatum queer love on netflix have you watched it do you ever oh, watch reality shows oh it's so good oh god no that's another it's another point of contention between oh, no. or difference between me and corinne it's not this one's not contention she's a reality tv show person i'm not which oh, is why okay. it's funny that I'm joking on this whole thing about pitching myself into a reality <laughs> TV show since I don't even watch them. Well, but, you can watch um, the one you're in. You've got to watch that one yeah, <laughs> when it happens. Sure. sure. But that okay, was so brilliant. that's the ultimate. Yeah. And, okay. and films, I don't actually really watch films very often. I'm Nobody's one of these watching people. films anymore. Yeah. But <laughs> I am somebody that, that says, oh my God, an hour and a half. I can't watch that. I don't have time to watch an hour and a half. And then I sit there watching seven hours of a TV series. It's nonsense. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I do did watch Cocaine Bear, which was so stupid and so funny. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, I haven't seen that. Haven't you? Basically, a bear, uh, it's actually based on a true story and a bear uh, finds a bag of cocaine in the woods and just goes on a rampage. It's so wow, stupid. It actually sounds stupid funny, which sometimes it's really you need funny. that. Right? Yeah, it is. And I like stupid oh funny. Gosh. I like I like silly things a lot. But I think that's it. Right. I'm not sure if any of them yeah. were good recommendations or No, they're all all yeah. recommendations are good. And thank you so much. This was so much fun. Oh, thank Seven you so much. Seven X's is out now in the US when this comes out. So oh, thank you. Um it was such a pleasure. Um, and I'm going to look forward to your next one too. You, Thank you so much. You'll come back and then you'll get to meet Corinne as well. Oh, I'd love that. Thank you so much. It's, it's just so lovely to be on this show. I love it. It's so fantastic. I just listened to your Emily Henry one and there is nothing like that gives you more of an imposter syndrome than being <laughs> listening to her wisdom <sighs> and brilliance. <laughs> 
<laughs> truly, just, truly. Oh, that one is, yeah. I guess there's a reason that's still number one oh, I know, on, right? on the list. It's everywhere. It's so good. Yeah. But I love yeah, her. She too. is amazing. Yeah, she's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. So, thank so anyway, you. thank you hugely. Thank right. you.